In the name of Jesus, amen. I commend to you the word of the Lord from Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. The Lord led me around among them, and behold, there were very many in the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And the Lord said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of a valley that was full of bones. They were the whole house of Israel. These bones were dried up. Their hope is lost. They are cut off. My valley is San Antonio. My Israel is you. The story isn't just Ezekiel. Every single pastor of every single church know what the people of God really are. The Lord drops clergy off in the middle of affliction. Here we sit, cut off from each other. We are victims. We are addicts of secret sins and not-so-secret ones. We are monsters. You see it in our gossip, in our fights with one another. And every time we are convinced that we know better than God Almighty because he actually dares to name the thing that's killing us and call it wrong because it hurts. You can see it in our anxiety and our anger and our depression and our fear and our pain. We are the valley of dry bones, and it doesn't make sense because Christian soldiers are kind of supposed to march, right? Every once in a great miraculous while, one of you has the courage to actually ask me about it. Pastors are set in the valleys to hear your problems, your secrets, your pains, and even some of your sins. When you come to us, we know what you want. Fix it. Pastor, fix it. Talk. And somehow make it better for us. So we talk. And a few of us are actually good enough to make you feel better for like a whole hour or two after church. But does it really get better? Can these bones live? Oh Lord, you know. I don't. I mean, I can tell you what his word says. I can't actually make you believe it, though. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. I can tell you that a sin is wrong, but I can't break your addiction to it. I can give names to all of these sins that you harbor, these addictions that you have in light of the Ten Commandments, but it doesn't make them hurt less or undo the damage done to you or the damage you've done to others. God's law tells us exactly what perfection can look like. But you can't do it. You can't even want to on your own, not by your own reason or strength. And so the frustration builds. I'd like to blame the isolation and the social distancing. But as it turns out, I'm the same kind of sinner locked in my room watching Netflix as I am when I gather with other people. The problem isn't out there. It's in here. So the Lord puts Ezekiel in a valley full of dry bones. The problem's in here. But he puts him there with a purpose. Prophecy, he says. Talk to them. Make them live. And this is what God does. 
He shapes man out of dust and breathes life into him and talks. His name is Adam. And when Adam returned to the dust and dry bones, our Lord breathed life into him again through a prophet in a valley. See the bones for exactly what they are. Call them just this, and then speak life into them. That life doesn't come by yelling at them until they behave themselves and are perfect. And it doesn't come from the bones' decisions to finally be better people. The life, the hope, it comes from the word of the Lord. And that word is unbending. It is unyielding. That word is simply live. See, God's word is not just a list of instructions. The word is Jesus who was before all things, who is God, who was made flesh to dwell among us. That word is Jesus, unbending, unyielding, life. He took upon himself the same skin and bones, the same weakness, the same hopelessness, the same despair, the same sin. He took upon himself everything that is killing me and everything that is killing you, and he carried it all the way to Golgotha, where he bled and died upon that cross for you. There he hung, unbending, unyielding, and breathed his last to put an end to death to put an end to despair and hopelessness, to forgive you your sins, to pay the price of the wrath of God for every last thing done to each other out of malice and addiction, every last thing done to each other ground into the dust of creation when Adam himself sinned. And after putting it all to nothing, that word remained. Life. Christ rose from the dead, not as a historical side note, but for me and for you, for peace and for life so that Israel would hope, so that San Antonio would hope, so that Mount Calvary would hope. And that same Lord still speaks here. He speaks to the same valley of dry bones, my Israel, my Mount Calvary. And here he finds his creatures locked away in their homes, staring through screams uncomfortable, afraid, doubting, anxious, and still managing to sin all the same. So he speaks here now to you so that you would know who your God is. Know he is the God who opens the graves and raises you from death and brings you into the promised land. Know who you are, washed clean in the waters of baptism at that font. Know that nothing you have ever done can change that fact that our Lord has washed you clean. He has named you among Israel that you, who are dry bones, would live. Know that who you are in Christ on that cross is enough to conquer the fear of today. It is enough to conquer the death of tomorrow. And it is enough to bring you into the eternity of the life everlasting one for you by the God who has carved it out of an empty tomb. And know that that is enough. Know that that is enough because the promise gives life even to dry bones whether or not they're afraid. It gives life to dry bones whether or not they happen to be sinners. Because it's up to Jesus, not you. God's word does what it says. And to you, it says live. Live even if you have to do it angry and scared and hurting. Live, even if you have to do it doubting and depressed and afraid. Because everything that you would do to race towards that grave is not enough to undo the fact that Christ has brought that grave to nothing. He has opened it up and brought you out of it even now. Live, because even though we are not near enough in times like these, Jesus still is. This Jesus has conquered death. 
this Jesus is risen, and this Jesus says live. It doesn't make the problems that left the dry bones laying in the valley just up and disappear, but it speaks hope to them in the middle of it. See, anyone can have peace when nothing's wrong. Peace in a pandemic's a bit harder, but it's what God gives, a peace that can endure even in this world and even against ourselves. This peace isn't measured in a lack of problems, but in a God who delivers us through them unto that one word that he has spoken from all time. Live. Live. Because this God of yours who has died and risen again forgives you all your sins, everything, so that we can finally speak what it is and leave it buried at the foot of the cross where death itself died. So that we can hope in a resurrection despite all of the things that are wrong, every last problem and pain and sin, because all of it were brought to nothing there. Christ is crucified. Christ has conquered death, and he will rise again. Peace and life belong to you. For he still speaks and says to you, even now I will open your graves. I will bring you into the land of peace. You will have the spirit of peace and of life, the new heavens and the new earth and the new bodies. You will live in your body free from all of that on this last great day to come. But even until then, now, in the midst of panic and social distancing, you will not be cut off, because he will not be far off. Our Lord comes to sinners in the valley of dry bones, and he speaks life. In the name of Jesus, amen.